Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. And I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. The Ineligibles podcast is back after a brief hiatus on the podcast end, but uh, in, in real time, it's been about two weeks since we've been in the studio, so it feels good to be back. Uh, we each got a vacation in, uh, both got to celebrate America's birthday uh chase did you enjoy your vacation yeah we went to the beautiful hill country down in fredericksburg i got to see my grandma and grandpa for the first time in a year and a half um so that That's was awesome. nice the last time last time i saw them was whenever i went to their house for the uh the advocare texas bowl um a few years ago or oh man a year and a half ago so uh, it was nice to to finally get to see them we we got together and my mom got cookies made up for like birthdays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all of that. So like we celebrated a whole bunch of different occasions all in one. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was good. Good time. Good. Um, how about your trip? Yeah. Uh, so we went down to the coast this past weekend uh, to visit my father-in-law. Uh, he's been living down there for about a year now uh, in Flower Bluff by Corpus Christi. So uh, we got a little bit of beach time, got a little bit of pool time. I went to a movie for the first time in <laughs> about about two years. Uh, saw Twelve Mighty Orphans, which is a fantastic movie. Uh, if you're listening to this show, it means you uh, care something about football. So I would definitely recommend you go watch that. It's about uh, Texas high school football during the Great Depression and uh, this team of orphans, and it's it's good stuff. So you should go watch it. But that sounds like um, a like an oddly specific niche. Um, combination of two of my interests <laughs> i hadn't even heard of the movie but i'm gonna have to go watch it <laughs> oh no man it's it's right up your alley um, yeah but yeah yeah we got to do that got to celebrate america uh 2021 wonderful years uh, yeah. of being a country <laughs> um, I mean, uh, you know, you know I, I didn't america is just the the greatest country in the world you know um some might call that xenophobia that used to be called patriotism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 2,000 years, it's like four times of the, the Roman Empire. So yeah, uh, forget those guys. It's, it's, it's USA up in this hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, to, to get us back on track here, <laughs> um, uh, we're talking. Uh, we're talking about a subject today that is uh, near and dear to my heart, and that is the offensive line. Um, I, Chase, I, I, I do want you to to participate in this show as well, but uh, I, I know that you know that that, that, that the O line is my is my baby, and uh, I've, yeah. I've got a lot to say about it. So, <laughs> um, oh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give your time in the sun uh, this show for sure. Uh, you, you're you've always been an O line guy. Um, you played O line. You, you you just you've taught me a lot about O line over the course of our friendship. So uh, I'm definitely going to let you be the driver on this episode. But 
I, I do feel like I have a few things to contribute. So yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely. If not, just to hear me laugh every now and then. <laughs> That's what I've got you here for. Um, there you go. But yeah, so uh, I've I was never very fast as a kid, um, and I had. Uh, I guess average size. I, 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 you know, in, in Pee Wee, they make you wear the like they, they put like a red X on your helmet if you're overweight uh, yeah. or if you're over over a certain amount of weight. Um, I never got that because I was never like I never looked like an O lineman. Um, yeah. But I played O line, you know, from Pee Wee up through uh, senior year of high school. Played O line and D line. But uh, I've at one point or another, I, I played a game at at center or guard or tackle. Uh, you know, pretty much all five spots, you know, like both guards, both tackles. So I've, yeah, so you, I've got a little bit of uh, a background there. There you go. See, I, I, I was four foot 11, like 110 pounds soaking wet whenever I was in junior <laughs> high. Up until junior high, I just played flag football. I was, I was way too small to play peewee football even back then. Um, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I was just this tiny little wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was super fast though. I mean, I could I could bench press the bar with like a ten pound plate on either side. It was pretty tight. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. So I, I didn't I didn't spend a whole lot of time on the line, uh, believe it or not. Yeah. But, uh, no. Uh, and I, I like I I played at a uh, like before they they changed it to you know from two A through six A uh, back when five A was the max. You know, I played at Grosbeck. We were three A um, and. I was, I think I, I, I touched 200 pounds briefly, uh, but the rest of our offensive line was, you know, 240 and above. So, um, but you know, Hey, I held my own as a, as a three, a offensive lineman, but yeah, um, I, I didn't hit 200 pounds till like my junior year of college. <laughs> and then I hit like 250 real quick. But yeah. <laughs> now I'm back to 200, so we're good. <laughs> Yeah, it just compounds after a certain point. But <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, like at least at least on the defensive line, at least those guys get a little bit of glory, you know, especially if you, you know, if you're making plays in the backfield, if you're getting sacks, uh like mm-hmm. at least people know their names. Like if yeah. you're an alignment, unless you're really really good or really really bad, <laughs> like there's nobody that knows who the heck you are. <laughs> like Yeah, that's a good you're point. At, you're at, your average AM fan probably couldn't tell you, you know, the the starting right guard for like for any given year. But I, I would say the the average football fan can't tell you the difference between a guard and a tackle. Um, I <laughs> one of for me to remember the difference between a guard and a tackle came from me putting the rope out at, at practice when we would do, <laughs> you know, like seven on seven with just the defense. You know, we'd put the rope out there that says. You know, like all the positions on the O line. Um, yeah, that, that was how I how I came to remember the difference. Um, but but yeah, it's a very thankless position, but it's probably the most important position on the field, at least as it pertains to offense. You know. Yeah, I mean, like if I think it's 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 probably tied with quarterback. I mean, it's like a one A and one B type thing. Like you you need both to be uh, a truly great team. Um, mm-hmm. but like, it is so important. And like, if you've, if you've seen the blind side, uh, in the first two minutes, they explain to you just how important the position of left tackle is, you know, it's, it's the quarterback's blind side. Uh, you're keeping your quarterback upright and healthy and hoping they, you know, 
don't tear their knees up and uh, have their careers ended, which is what happened at the beginning of that movie. Um, and left tackles get paid a lot of money in the NFL. Um, but yeah, so like basically my, my spiel real quick on offensive line is uh, you don't have to look back very far to uh, see its importance. You know, if you're, if you're lacking it, uh, just look at the Super Bowl this past year. Uh, Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback of his generation. I mean, after, after he's done playing, he's got a lot of time left, but he may go down as one of the best ever. And the Chiefs were starting, I think they were down to like their, like when they started the year, there was one guy that started on the on their first game at O-line that was there in the Super Bowl. They lost both tackles, a starting guard. They had to move a bunch of guys around. And, and Mahomes was running for his life the entire game. Uh, and still playing tremendously, <laughs> like he made some some <laughs> incredible throws. But uh, that Tampa Bay defensive line, uh, Shaq Barrett, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Dominican Sue, they were just in Mahomes' face the entire night, and the Chiefs never really had a chance. And even in the in the game prior, when Tampa Bay played Green Bay, uh, I think they sacked Aaron Rodgers like five times. Um, and and Green Bay typically has one of the best left tackles in the game in uh, David Bakhtiari, but he was out for that game. I think he had been out for a few games, but uh, like, but, but he was also under pressure, you know. And um, if if Mahomes is upright in that game or like is not under pressure, I don't, I don't know if they win, but it's definitely more competitive. And uh, with without his his starting line, he just didn't have a chance. And on the flip side, if you go to the college games, uh, you know when. When Ohio State played Clemson, uh, Clemson's offensive line was very suspect. Um, and, and obviously, like, Ohio State was just torching Clemson's defense. But uh, on when when Clemson was on offense, uh, Trevor Lawrence was under pressure all night. And eventually, they, they just fell behind and couldn't keep up with, uh, with the points that Ohio State was putting up. But then in the championship game, uh, Alabama, who fielded, you know, one of the best by – a lot of metrics, uh, the best offense in college history last year, uh, also had the best offensive line that I think I've ever seen at the college level. Um, they just, they just didn't get beat. Like Mm -hmm. Mac Jones had all day to, uh, sit back there and just, you know, throw up deep balls to Devontae Smith. (laughs) And and, uh, if you've seen Mac Jones play, you know, he's not a very athletic guy, so they had to be good for him to succeed. Uh, but they absolutely were, and I'll admit, like, I, I thought maybe in there was a time that I, I kind of felt like with the way that college football is going, you got a lot more mobile quarterbacks. You're spreading the ball a lot more. Um, you got really good players at the skill positions. I'm kind of like, you know, so long as you have good skill players and a good mobile quarterback, you could get by with a very average O-line. I didn't really see the benefit of O-line as much until – you and I started talking a lot more. Um, and I, I think um, I've definitely changed my mind to where now I, I think you could have average skill players and an average quarterback, but a fantastic O-line and you'll perform really well. Um, a, right. a really good O-line could turn a decent running back to a great running back really easily. And um, I think yeah, we've seen absolutely. that with Jimbo, you know. Yeah, and, and and to and, and to I guess to to like bring it back to A and M, uh, go back to 2012 
and you know Johnny wins the Heisman and this that and the other and you know like Mike Evans Ryan Swope uh, and things like that but that offensive line had uh, three first round picks and two other NFL guys I mean I think I don't know if people know this or not but uh, when they vote on the on the team awards after the season uh, Johnny actually shared co-offensive co-offensive MVP with Pat Lewis the starting center um, oh, really? Which oh which God, just speaks to how good he was. Yeah. Um, and he didn't even get drafted. But the, like the other guys like Luke Jokel, Jake Matthews, you know, these All-American uh, first-round offensive linemen, uh, Cedric O'Boyhe, um, like without those guys, you know, I, I, I know <laughs> it seemed like Johnny was running for his life all the time just because that's the way he was. Like he just, you know, he liked to be on the move. <laughs> but uh, he, he definitely benefited from – from having an elite O-line. And I think we took yeah, that for granted. I, th- I think I that's what my misconception was because my misconception was more of like Johnny made all that happen. But right. if I go back and look at the tape, I'm like, man, no, there was – they allowed him to run around like he does. And then at that yeah. point it becomes a scramble drill. And yeah. and it's so hard to defend the scramble drill, you know. So you, you give your yeah. quarterback time and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're very competitive – you know, throwing the ball. Yeah. And I think I, I took it for granted as an AM fan because we were so good on the line. And I just assumed that like, like it'd be an easy pitch to recruits, which, you know, it, it probably should have been, but uh, didn't turn out that way. Things kind of uh, like after, after those guys filtered out and went on to the NFL, uh, the O-line definitely took a step back. Um, was pretty, was pretty average most years. Um, and even below average on on a few of those years, but uh, I, I'll tell you what, uh, as as fun as last season was, my my favorite thing of the entire year may have been the credit and the I guess like the like the the visibility that the A and M offensive line got. I, I love the name the Maroon Goons. Uh, it's a it's a holdover saying from the Sumlin era. I'm glad it's still around. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very fitting for <laughs> for that group of uh, of players, and for it's just a great name for offensive line for an offensive line group in general. And I loved seeing, you know, uh, Todd McShay was a, a sideline reporter for one of our games, and he's going on ESPN next week saying A and M's got the best O line in college football. You know, they're just mauling dudes up front. Uh, Kellen's never getting sacked, and uh, it, it was it, it it made me really happy to see those guys. Uh, get a lot of recognition and of course just to see him play that way like uh yeah. their play was outstanding um kellen uh was sacked less than any quarterback uh in the country and then the, you know on the on the other side they were you know opening up big holes for uh for spiller and hain and uh those other guys to to hit some big runs but um, yeah I, I do like the name maroon goons but um I do feel like it was a missed opportunity to be the Maroon Five. The Maroon Five, yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel like there's probably some uh, some copyrights that may have prevented that. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. But hey, hey, with uh, with NIL, you know, I, I, I'd I'd buy a Maroon Goons T-shirt. That's that's easy <laughs> yeah, money right there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, that's a topic for another day, for sure. But um, unfortunately, the 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 bulk of the guys uh, from last year's unit are gone. Uh, four of the five starters, but 
Uh, let's start with the one guy that does come back, uh, who's probably uh, the best one of the bunch, and in in my opinion, is the best player on this team. It's 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 close between him and Marv and you know Anais and some other guys, but. Um, I've I've always been a big fan of Kenyon from when he was a recruit. Sorry, I should probably say his name, Kenyon Green. <laughs> number he's number he's number fifty five. He played uh, left guard last year. Was a first team All American. Um, he's moving out to left tackle this year, where he will uh, protect the blind side of either Haynes King or Zach Calzada. And uh, so far, it looks like he's taken to it quite well. Uh, we'll see how he does in in live reps against some of the best uh, edge rushers in the country, but. Um, I think I've I mentioned on here before that uh, I've, on, on Twitter I follow quite a few uh, NFL scouts um, and just just going off of their uh, like their like their interest and who they talk about the most on the A and M team, it's easily Kenyon Green. They 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 love the guy as a prospect and, and just like like as a guard. Like he's only got guard film so far, uh, but. They think he's a surefire first rounder um, at guard, and who knows if he goes out there and you know uh, is an all American caliber tackle, uh, he may even go further up the the draft boards and you know work his way into the top ten or maybe even top five. You never know. Um, yeah, but he, he he is definitely a a fantastic player. Um, he's he's going to be a good player for us to use as a leader on that offensive line um you know we had such a veteran group uh last year that's going to be hard to replace especially on the o-line because they have to mesh well together so it'll take some time for them to to get back to that but um yeah and i'm sure you'll get into this I, i i think when you look at just the the ceiling for the players that are coming in compared to the ones going out nothing against those guys i mean you just look at the the ceilings and you got to think that they're going to be a little bit higher uh, on these guys. I, I think the guys that we had last year outplayed their um, expectations, which was right. just uh, nothing but good things to say about them for that. But if we can maintain that same idea and do it with better players at the beginning, I mean, that's, that's a really good position to be in um, on, on the NIL thing. You had a great, NIL quote about uh, Kenyon Kenyon Green needs to be sponsored by Aggieland Green. I agree yep. with that wholeheartedly. That would be a, <laughs> a pairing that needs to happen. College Station needs to see oh, yeah. Aggieland Kenyon Green. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, shoot, I, I had a point in there and I lost my train of thought for a second. <laughs> Sorry, um, get it throwing you off with those. <laughs> it's, it's it's all good. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, Kenyon, um, he was a, a five star prospect coming out, and I, I, I'm sorry, this is what this is what I was gonna say. Um, I feel like so far on this show, we've just been uh, we, we've been pretty positive, and rightfully so. Like, there's a lot to be positive about. Uh, but just to yeah to put things in perspective, if we had had a podcast a year ago, we. I don't think we would have been optimistic about the offensive line. I, 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 at least I think we would have said it was, you know, a big question mark still. Yeah. And, you know, and you know, like one we, of the things we've, we've talked about this before you and I have, um, that I always feel like this time of year, and, and this is just, this could just be coincidental, 
But this time of year, every time I'm like, man, this is going to be the biggest question mark going into this year, it almost always ends up proving to be like one of our biggest strengths. And then at the same time, strengths that we say like, oh, this is going to be our strong point this year. A lot of times ends up being a big question mark right as the year goes into it, you know. Um, Right. uh, So like in some ways, I would say that our biggest strength on offense is the running backs and our biggest question mark would be O-line. But just if, if history teaches me anything, it would be by the end of the year, we might be saying the reverse of that, you know, that the the biggest strength coming out of the year was at the line and biggest question mark is running back because, you know, we might have early exits. We might have, um, you know, guys that don't pan out like we think they will. Uh, hopefully we don't have any injuries, but that's possible. It's part of the game. Uh, so right. so that's, that's what's happened before. I think it was – Either last year or the year before, we're running backs going into it was like our number one strength. And by the time, yeah, it was the year before last because by the time we got to the season, we only had one running back, and that was Isaiah Spiller, you know. But yeah. this time during that year, we had like seven. And, and we were like, oh, man, Corbin's going to be great. You know, Spiller's going to be a good backup to all these guys. And, and, and then they all kind of went different ways or got injured or whatever. So – um, yeah. hopefully that doesn't happen, but it just seems that a lot of times whenever we have big question marks, all of a sudden they, they prove us wrong. So I would have said O-line was one of my question marks last year and, um, look what they did. So hopefully we see the yeah. same thing happen this year where it's a big question mark, but maybe by the end of the year, it's one of our strengths. Right. And like, I'm, I'm about to say something, but I don't want people to think, that I think this that this O line this year is going to be better than last year, but at this point, I'm more optimistic about this group right now than I was about last year's group at this time last year. If that makes sense, yeah. um, I just feel like there's a like I think you you touched on it a bit in there, but uh, I think the guys on on this unit coming up have a lot higher, I guess higher ceilings or more potential, um, especially when it comes to uh, the draft, like of, of the mm-hmm. of the four guys that left, um, just one of them got drafted, and you know, and you can make the case, you know, maybe uh, a couple other ones should have been selected at least late. But uh, Dan Moore went in the fourth round, and the other three guys uh, had to go the free agent route. Uh, but the guys that we're fixing to talk about, like they were not only ranked higher as recruits, but at least in the eyes of you and me, that they just seemed like really, really solid prospects. Um, and we think they're going to be really good, but, uh, to, mm-hmm. to wrap up with Kenyon, um, man, he's, he's just, he's just a superstar. Like he's, uh, yeah. he, he doesn't have the, the, the requisite, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, but like the, 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 the tackle height, like he's not six, six or anything, you know, he's, he's six foot four, but he's got super long arms, uh, that allows him to play well on the edge. Uh, he's 325 pounds, you know, he excelled as a guard last year, which, you know, typically tends to be a, a bigger body type. Uh, and, and maybe he'll play that in the NFL. You know, that's what, what yeah. most people seem to think. But um, he's he's just so strong. He's so athletic. Uh, he's so balanced. Um, he's smart. He, he knows uh, he knows who to block. He, when he's, you know, when he's helping out elsewhere, you know, he's keeping his eyes up. Uh, you know, he's looking for a blitzer to come in 
or, you know, like he, he, he executes everything extremely well. Like he's just, he's just a daggum good offensive lineman. <laughs> I mean, there, there's yeah. not much more you can say about him, but, and he, he just, he just plays so, so daggum physical, like on a, there's, there's one draft analyst in particular I follow. His name's Ryan Roberts. Um, he had a, a really good article about Kenyon, and um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said. I forget one thing he said, but uh, he said, some people choose uh, physicality and some choose finesse. He says, Kenyon Green chooses pain. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he doled out a lot of pain last year, and uh, I think we should expect the same this year. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him. Um, I think I think we'll stick with the tackles and then move our way inside. But um, so we think. Uh, actually, I think we know that that Kenyon will be manning the uh, left tackle spot um, at right tackle. Um, this spring, we had uh, Blake Trainer uh, getting most of the first team reps. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore. Redshirt sophomore, six foot seven, three hundred thirty pounds, uh, good size. But um, I think who we'll see as the starter is the uh, grad transfer from Tennessee, uh, Jameer Johnson. Um, I know we talked uh, pre-show a bit about him, but in, in watching some yeah. of his tape, you know, he, he's, he's, he switched out with, uh, with the other guy we thought may come here in Wanya Morris <laughs> that ended up going to Oklahoma. Um, but I, I think we may have gotten the better guy uh, in, in watching his games. He's, he's really, really good at, uh, at pass blocking. Um, you know, he, you know, like people think of Tennessee, you know, being in the East, maybe they don't play as good of teams, but uh, they also play Alabama every year. And um, he he played in that game, and uh, like from what I from what I watched, he didn't give up a sack. Uh, they have a really good edge rusher at Bama named uh, Will Anderson, and uh, Jameer Johnson handled him pretty well. Um, and really, any game you watch in him, he's he's really good at at, at pass protection. Uh, he's not a dominating run blocker, but I don't think he's He's bad either. I think he'll be a an adequate, you know, run blocker. Well, and sometimes, you know, it's it's a matter of pairing the talent with the scheme and the coach, you know. It could very well be that right. he didn't live up to his true potential there either because of whatever they might have been running or how he was coached. Um so yeah. so him having the experience as being a grad transfer will really help um because he has you know, you're taking a, a guy who's been in college, who's learned the the college route, who almost gets a, a second chance, if you will, um, as opposed to somebody who's a 17-, 18-year-old kid coming out of high school that hasn't lived that life experience yet. Um, so he, he's, not, he's not having to learn that alongside it. I think he could come in and really hone whatever skills he already has. Um, so right. that's what you got to hope for with a grad transfer for sure. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, just looking at look, watching him play, he, he seems to be a really good, um, really good candidate for us. Somebody that that's good and, and us to take a, a scholarship and get a grad transfer and, and to choose him specifically. Um, especially cause we've already talked about, you know, what the transfer market looks like. Um, Right. I'm sure there there was plenty out there that we could have chosen from. So being that we went with him, there's got to be something to it that the coaches see even more so than we would ever see. Um, so I am yeah. optimistic about him. Uh, it's just it's somewhat harder, in my opinion, to 
which kind of sounds backwards. It's harder to take a player from another collegiate program and say, here's how good he's going to be here um, based on what he did at at this college program versus looking at a high school kid and saying, here's what he can be here um, just because it's easier for you to look at what he did in college and say, this is what he's going to do no matter where he's at Um, versus in high school, it's nothing but opportunity. You know, you're like, look at the talent that he has. Could we see him, you know, really, really perform well in in college? So it's, I I think what I'm trying to say is it's easier to be critical on a college transfer than it is to be on a high school incoming freshman um, just because you're comparing the seemingly known to the unknown and, um, you know, it's the same way this time every year, everybody always wants to talk about the incoming guys because, you know, maybe we saw this sophomore on our team, not really do great last year. So we're like, okay, we need to replace him with an incoming freshman. Well, that incoming freshman might play a lot worse than he did his sophomore year. And come his junior year, he's going to perform a lot better than this, incoming freshman would so um it's harder to tell because it's easier to be critical on them i think yeah i think there's something to that and it's 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 unfortunate that he couldn't be here in the spring uh like like we couldn't get a look at him you know in the spring game and and take anything from that but i mean he i think this is going to be a sixth year playing college football so i mean he's he's got a ton of experience um i mean he's he's a, a seasoned veteran at this point he played i don't know 15 or so games. Uh, I think he started that many games at Tennessee. Um, at, at one point, I just I just thought of here on the spot, um, he started at, at left tackle for Tennessee last year, which you know typically has to go against the you know the best ru- edge rusher on the opposing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 A&M has that spot locked up, so uh, yeah. we, we think he'll be on the right side, which you know theoretically you, he'd be going against you know the opposing team's second best edge rusher, you know, most of the time. But uh, that's just, you know, uh, uh, it's just one more factor in there to, uh, to see how he's going to do. But and he's not, he's not you know, cr- he's not crowned the starter right now. Like he's going to have to come in here and, and compete and, and lift and all that stuff. But um, I think his, his primary competition is, is probably Blake Trainer, who we, we talked about briefly. Um mm-hmm. A few other tackles. Uh, I guess let's talk about some younger guys that are uh, coming up. Um, the one that stands out, well, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that because there's a couple of them that stand out, but uh, maybe the highest rated of the bunch at tackle was uh, a guy named Reuben Fothery uh, or Deuce Fothery, a super high ceiling guy. He's uh, six foot eight, uh, 315 pounds, uh, incredibly long arms, still still very light on his feet at that size. Um, I think, I think people see like, you know, the bigger an offensive lineman, the better. And that's not always the case. Like you can be, you know, six foot 10, but have lead feet and be a terrible offensive lineman. But yeah, I remember um, there was one year where, where Arkansas had like the biggest, like they were all like six ten, and like, yeah, all of them were like 350 pounds. And every time you, would watch them play they would always be talking about like this line is 
you know, weighs more than seven elephants, you know, or whatever. Like it would, it would just be some ridiculous like graphic that ESPN would throw out there. And then they lost yeah. like all of their games. So, you know, like, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> size isn't always everything, you know, when it comes to that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, on, on fathery, like, uh, it's, it, 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 it is rare to see someone of his height that's, that's still able to move, but, uh, he, he definitely can. Um, he, he was a standout, uh, basketball player as well, which, um, on, on that note, he, he's never really been committed to just football and lifting weights and eating and, you know, and, and filling out and getting stronger. So, uh, I think, I think the ceiling is, uh, extremely high for him uh I, I don't think he'll you know unless uh we're, we're blowing somebody out I, I wouldn't expect him to uh, see too much action but um you know in those games you know that, that'd be great for him to get in there against a, a Kent State or a Prairie View and uh and get some reps and, and get some like some uh so, so, some time in a, in a live game against a you know someone that's not DeMarvin Leal <laughs> that he has to block in, <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in, in practice every day <laughs> Um, the other guy who I'm uh, very excited about, and we, we brought him up a little bit in our Q and a, uh, on the subject of international players, but, uh, that's, uh, Jordan Moko from the land down under in Australia. Um, I think physically he's, I think he's as gifted as anyone on the A&M roster. I, I, on the on the offensive line, that is, um, yeah. I, I don't think he's I don't think he's going to be a you know plug and play you know all American player out the gate. Uh, I think you know he's only played two years of football, I believe, and that was in you know another country where you know he may not have gotten like the uh, elite coaching that you know he's hopefully going to get here. But from a physical standpoint, uh, his I think he's six foot five, three hundred and thirty pounds. Um, he's he's built like a brick, you know what? Uh, extremely athletic, and just he's if he can get down the the football part, then like he's he's got the physical part set. Like he's he's set in that regard. But if he figures football out in the next few years, he, he's going to be a really really good player. Well, I think that's what makes his story fun to follow. Like it's going to be a really fun one to follow to see. Like how does it? You know, will will he be able to pick it up right away and contribute right away? That would be really cool. Um, or is it one that we don't see him hit the field for another two or three years? And um, either way, like it'll be fun to follow. But I, I could see him, you know, depending on how quickly he picks it up. Like he is a monster athlete. I mean, he, he's he's definitely definitely got the just the the strength and the um he's got the goods yeah i mean he he's tough so i i'm excited to see him play because he he can definitely become a mauler um i'm just curious how long it'll take for that to happen you know yeah you know, it's definitely a cool story and i know i know aggie fans like hearing that stuff that you know I, I'm, I'm sure it'll get brought up on espn if he's ever a starter but uh, no doubt, the Ineligibles podcast is letting you know right now that there's a dude from <laughs> Australia. And, uh, oh, e- he, he ESPN be- is going to beat that drum every time he hits the field <laughs> as a starter. Here's this guy from Australia, but yeah, no, I, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this, but because um, my my, uh, 
my wife loves this part because I, I showed her the video when he committed. But uh, like he, he was on television down there. Like he's a he's a celebrity in Brisbane. But uh, he was on TV, you know, uh, doing his announcement ceremony. And he's got these he's got these three helmets on the table. And uh, he's like, I'm committing to Texas A&M. And he picks up the A&M helmet and tries to put it on. And it, it's it's just not going to fit over his head. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a dome. But he just – it got like – it got to where it, like it was on enough where it wouldn't fall off. So he just he, – he just, it was just stuck on his head and he just left it there. And it's just like getting hype and stuff. But uh, uh, definitely That's on Montana. Video. Montana, you should have sent him a, a correctly sized <laughs> helmet. That's on you. Actually, no, we'll blame that one on Goose. Yeah. All right. It's, 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 it's been a while for me. Our, our, our helmets like large, extra large, double XL, or do they go by like different sizes? Yeah, they do go by different sizes. Or, or they go by the medium, large XL. Um, okay. So, so yeah, they, they, uh, it's, generally it's not like speaking, seven and three quarters. Th- right. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. There might be something to that, that on some of the specialty helmets, <laughs> I don't know about, but for the majority yeah. of the helmets I ever dealt with, um, no, they were all, you know, had, had certain sizes. Um, but then of course they have like, like air in them. Uh, the pads are all air. So we would fit them yeah. to their head and then, then fill the air correctly, you know, to where it wouldn't move around. Right. Um, but yeah, like, and the same thing with, with Moco as with fathery, like you hope you, you know, you, that you get up big on some opponents this fall and, and get him some action, you know, like he's never played in a, a college football game before. So even if it is a, a lesser opponent, just, just getting those, those live reps and getting that experience, I think it's going to be a big deal. And, um, next year it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if, if either of those guys step up, uh, really quick before we go on to the, the interior guys on the O-line, um, there's a few more young tackles. Uh, Trey Zoon is a true freshman uh, from Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, six foot six, 310 pounds. Uh, I think he was born in College Station. Uh, I think both his parents are Aggies, but um, he's an interesting prospect. And <laughs> now that I think of it, uh, I think I may put this, I may link this tweet into the, the show notes of this, of this episode. But he uh, he posted a video on Twitter about a year ago. Uh, he's got like a, a, a trainer that he works with, and his trainer is absolutely electric. Um, he uses some language that I won't <laughs> really? uh, I won't use on, I won't I won't use it on this podcast, but uh, I will link to that so you can go enjoy that uh, for yourself. But um, it's it's uh, it's it's fun to watch. He's he's a wild man. <laughs> um, but uh, I think he. He, uh, you know, I, I don't think Colorado played a season and then uh, he got here in the spring, but he also tore his ACL uh, about a year ago. So uh, hopefully he gets back from that and is able to go through fall camp and go through some workouts um, and just compete and, and get some experience. Uh, and then the last guy we're going to talk about uh, as a tackle, at least I think this guy's a tackle, um, Derek Hunter. Uh, he moved over from the mm-hmm. uh, defensive line this past spring. Uh, he came in as a uh, defensive tackle, but uh, they switched him to O line. They felt good about their depth at a defensive tackle, so uh, he was taking some reps at at right tackle back in the spring. Uh, he's six foot four, three hundred pounds. Uh, I think he's still got with the, with the COVID stuff. It always confuses me. I'm pretty sure that he's got, he, he's still got four years to play, so um, he can you know sit behind these older guys uh, like Kenyon and like Jameer Johnson, and uh, you know 
just keep keep working on on making that adjustment to you know to the offensive side of the ball and who knows you, you may look up next year and may, maybe he's one of your starting tackles well that that's i always like to follow those storylines you know guys that that change positions and really like change the complete opposite side of the ball um it's it's always exciting for me to follow um because yeah. it's just that really shows team playership like they they're really you know obviously like they want to be successful and they're going to play whatever position yeah. they think they can be successful on um but it's more of like you know like your team obviously trusts you to make that switch over um so yeah i'm, I'm excited to follow his story for sure yeah um, moving on, we're going to switch it over to uh, the interior line. We're going to talk about the guards first. Um, and we're going to do something that we've uh, been meaning to do on these on these player breakdowns, or these position breakdowns, rather. Um, that's breakout players. And uh, I'm going to talk about mine real quick. Mm-hmm. My breakout player is Akinola Ogumbi. Uh, he is no, a red shirt. <laughs> you still can. You can still. You can still take him. Yeah, my my um, breakout player is also. Uh, I'm excited to see Aki. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, Akinola. Uh, he's a red shirt freshman. Um, I should have clipped that. I need to get that one in here. Um, he's a bad boy. But he is a bad uh, boy. <laughs> I think he wears number seventy-three. No, he's seventy-four. Um, but he's from uh, Fort Ben Kempner. Um, big dude. Uh, look, looks like a guard. Um, he played in a, a wing T offense in high school. So uh, all of his highlight tape is just him uh, driving other dudes into the dirt, and uh, it's very very fun to watch. <laughs> but. Um, uh, you know, for, for for a guy that didn't uh, or that wasn't asked to pass block a lot in high school, uh, he's a pretty good pass blocker, at least from what we've seen so far. And that's just, you know, uh, in limited action last year and uh, in the spring game. But um, in the spring game, I was I was super impressed with him. Uh, he's 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 still got the size. He's, he's actually trimmed up a little bit and gotten in, in really good shape. Uh, he's very quick on his feet and uh He's he's my breakout player for a reason. I think he's going to be a a big piece of this of this animal line. He, he may be the second best guy on the on the whole unit, but uh, I'm really pumped to see him this year. I've I've followed him for years on like Twitter and Instagram and stuff, um, just because he's he's always been a pretty fun person to follow. Um, but yeah, he just always seems like he's always working on something, and yeah. um, he's always posting you know, videos of him working out with Footwork King or, you know, whatever, whoever it may be, um, and just doing stuff. It's just, it seems like it's football all the time. Maybe not all the time, but, you know, like he, you just, we've talked about that before on an episode, on episodes where, you know, like there's some guys that just, they're, they're, they have a constant focus and he seems like he might be one of those, but, um, yeah, he, he, he will be a, good player i i think i think he's one that we will see be a phenomenal player by the end of his career um he's yeah. just somebody that that i'm excited to watch i've been excited to watch since you know probably his junior year of high school yeah i think there's a lot of good options at guard on this team 
but I'd, I'd, I'd be shocked if he doesn't start. I, th- I think he's that good. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's, he, he's set to have a really, really good year. And, um, I, I think, you know, he'll, he'll be a, a mainstay for the next couple of years. Um, and, and a quick note on, on him, uh, in the spring game, like there was a bunch of injuries on the O line and I think they only had like six scholarship offensive linemen available. So, um, I think both him and, uh, Layden Robinson, uh, both played some right tackle. Um, and we're going to talk about Layden here next, but, uh, I think yeah. Layden's probably a better fit at guard. Um, he, he doesn't quite have the, the quick feet that, that Aki has. Uh, but, but Aki, I think if they needed him to next year, I think he could play right tackle. I think he's, he's athletic enough. Uh, he's smart enough that he could, uh, he could he could excel at, at tackle in college, but uh, for, for the time being, um, I think he's going to be an excellent guard. Um, but on the, I think he'll he'll start at left guard next to Kenyon Green. Uh, on the right side uh, is who, who we you know expect to start and uh, is going to have to battle to keep some other guys uh, from taking his spot. But is uh, Layden Robinson, aka War Daddy? as uh, he was termed by Cole Kublik of uh, the <laughs> SEC Network. <laughs> Poor daddy. Um, if if, if you don't get that joke uh, <laughs> in the South Carolina game last year, um, I think we were up like uh, 41 to 3 or something, and they, they, put, they put the backups in, and uh, they put Layden in. And, and Layden, you know, if you uh, listen to like Texas Radio and people like that, um, he, I think he was he was given Jared Hawker a, a, a good run for his money to start at right guard last year, um, but they they ended up keeping Hawker and and, and, and Jared Hawker had a, had a great year and uh, he he's gone now. But we, we've we've got we've got War Daddy stepping in and uh, he stepped in in that South Carolina game and was just destroying dudes, <laughs> just putting putting people <laughs> on their back, uh, just just disrespecting the South Carolina defenders. And uh, and Cole Kubelek, you know, he he watches film of the of the SEC lines every Sunday, and uh, he he tweeted out like with no context, like no video. He goes, "A and M unveiled an absolute war daddy <laughs> last night," <laughs> and uh, I, th- I, th- I think he 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 followed that up with a few videos of of Layton. But um, man, yeah. this dude, I- I've been excited about him for a long time. Uh, he's from Manville. He's a he's a redshirt sophomore. He's third year guy. Uh, built like a tank uh you're there there's no one in, in college football that's going to push this dude back um you, you, you may be able to get around him yeah with quickness but uh when it when it comes to power this dude's got it um he's he's gonna he's gonna anchor down and he's not gonna give up any, he's not giving up any ground uh when it comes to when it comes to that yeah i've said on here before that um ryan Broniger from texags is one of my absolute favorite um um, analysts, evaluators. I guess, in terms of yeah, evaluators. Thank you. Um, and, and he always just has some of these guys that, like, you don't like if you listen to everything that Texas puts out. Like, you'll hear him beat the drum of these guys that if you go and look at like right. two four seven, they're like a three star. Um, he jumps out as being one. Uh, I remember Ryan just being all about him back in high school, and yeah. so. Those guys, anytime there's somebody like that, like it gets me all excited to see them because I'm like, okay, if if Bronny's saying this, then this guy's probably really good. 
And sure enough, like he's <laughs> the tape that he's put out there, he's shown that he's really good. So uh, I'm, yeah. I am, uh, I, I have a lot of faith in him um, coming into this season because um, I, I think it was last year was just one of those things where if he needed to start, he could have started and he would have done really, really good. But yeah, we didn't need him to start at that moment in time. So um, yeah, you know, you're gonna go with your senior who's been there you know with the same guys for years um and and i think i think the i think that the drop off at, at his position from uh who'd you say it was at hawker that that beat him out last year yeah hawker um, yeah so like from hawker to him like i don't think you're gonna see much of a drop off there um as you yeah. might on some of these newer players yeah i'm with you on that and uh as far as um like his you know his, his high school uh his high school tape and his recruiting ranking and all that and uh and, and Broninger beating the drum for him um I, I'm not I, I try not to be that guy that that complains about the rankings um I, I'm not a I'm not a recruiting analyst you know I like I'm uh, I, I trust those guys to you know make their judgments and you know put people where they need to be um but, but with with Layden I remember the summer before his senior year you know, he went to all the camps, you know, which is a big factor in those rankings. If you, if you go to our camp and you do well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bump you up. But, uh, he, he went to every camp that they, that they held and dominated everyone he faced. Like he, he got, he won the MVP at, at every camp. Uh, you know, he, he dominated much higher rated players. Um, and then like he, I think he started at left tackle on a, uh, pretty good Manville team, but, uh, he, he's he, he definitely stands out as a guy who you know finished up as a three star that uh, at least in my opinion I thought he should have been a, a lot higher and uh, I think we'll see that on the field this fall. Um, you know, he's li- he's listed at six four three thirty. He he might he might get stand to to trim up a little bit and uh, you know get, and get some of that quickness back. But uh, I think. I think when in in the run game and I think this too, like we talked about Jameer Johnson and, you know, he may not be the most uh, devastating run blocker, but uh, you put him next to a guy like Layden, who is an excellent run blocker uh, and you, and you pair those two together and let them combo block and, you know, work double teams and stuff like that. I think that's a recipe for success. I think that'll really help out Jameer uh, with his run blocking. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about him. And I'm super excited, and I think uh, all Aggie fans are about the next guy we're going to touch on. And um, that is, he's, he's kind of a, as an offensive lineman, he's got he's to be the most, like, the most talked about one coming in to a that I remember. He, at least he gets the most publicity. But uh, it's Bryce Foster, a true freshman from, from Katie Taylor. Uh, if you don't know who Bryce Foster is, um, in the 10 years that I've been – you know, following recruiting and watching high school tape. Uh, he's got the best film at, at offensive guard that I have ever watched. Uh, he's just incredibly strong, uh, incredibly powerful. He, he once stayed in the shot put uh, this past year. And his, his film is just him absolutely kicking ass all over 6A. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun to watch. He is a hell of an offensive line prospect. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's got a, a really good tape. Um, he's 
he's just a very, very put together athlete um, in a lot of ways. He's one that I, I know will be a phenomenal player one day, if not right away. Um, yeah. He's just a, he's a, I don't know. He's, he, you just look at him and you can, you can see what we're talking about. Um, he's just a, He's just a really good athlete. I don't know what else to say yeah. about it. Um, he's, got, he's, uh, he's got he's got calves the size of watermelons. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, <laughs> he's just he's just built like a tree trunk. You know, he's just yeah just stout. I think I referred to Moko as built like a brick. You know what? But th- th- it also applies to Bryce Foster. <laughs> he's, yeah, it does. He's, yes, it does. He's, abso- he's absolutely absolutely built that way, and um, very very low. Uh, bus potential, like you said, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if he's not a tremendous player uh, at some point during his time at A and M. And it's it's kind of a you know a logjam at on the interior. Um, you have you have these two great young these young players in in Akinola and Layden Robinson, um, and like I, I know you, like you don't want a true freshman to start on the offensive line, uh, especially in in this league. Uh, but if there ever was one that could do it, uh, it'd be Bryce Foster. Um, and yeah. like, I, I know we, we, we heaped a ton of praise on Kenyon green to start the show and, and rightfully so. I think, I think Kenyon's phenomenal. Uh, but he started as a true freshman and, uh, he, he took some lumps in the sec. Uh, he wasn't a, you know, a, an all American right away. Um, but he'd also played tackle, you know, most of his life and then had to make the transition to guard with, uh, with no spring practice, um, at least with Bryce, he's, I think he's, he's definitely, he's probably physically ready. Like he's, uh, I think he's, he's up to 330 pounds. Um, just, so, but, but he's, he's built solid. Like he's not, there, there's no like gut on him. He's just, uh, <laughs> I don't want to keep making the comparison to, to, to brick outhouses, but, uh, he's just, he's just a tank and, um, if, if anyone could do it as a true freshman, it, w- it would be him. But uh, it, I was you know, I was literally about it. to say you made the comparison to to Kenyon Green. I was going to say you know like of anybody on the list that I would say would be the next Kenyon Green, um, it, it would be him. Yeah, and uh, you know he he played In a little bit of center. Uh, his yeah, um, he he did play some center his senior year. Uh, I don't think he'll. He'll start out there. I'll expect he'll he'll start at guard, or he'll start out, you know, at guard and uh, probably be second team. But uh, you know, maybe down the road, maybe next year, uh, if they, you know, it, it's it's good to have options. You know, like I feel like in the past, yeah, we've been definitely we've been we've been paper thin as far as depth goes on the O line. Now you're like, oh, if if a if a guy goes down, you you feel pretty good about your your backup prospects and. You know, and especially for the future, you know, if you want to move, if you want to move Aki out to tackle and bring in Foster at guard, uh, that's still a pretty salty lineup, you know. So um, there's well, definitely that's options. Where you, want, you want that depth on the O line exactly. more so than you want it other places because, like, that's where that's where injuries are more likely to happen. You know, even and I'm not even talking yeah. about like career-ending injuries. I'm talking about just like little like you tweak your leg in the wrong way and you're out for a game. You know, um, right. That's more likely to happen in the trenches than it will, you know, running a route. So, yeah. Well, he's uh, 
he's an awesome prospect. Uh, we've got some good depth at, uh, at tackle and at guard. Um, I'll, I'll mention briefly uh, Grayson Reed. Um, I think this would be his his sixth year. I'm, I'm not even sure if he's on the team. I, he, he, he if, if you remember the Alabama game, he's the one that got carted off. Uh, I think he was on the field goal unit. I think he got rolled up on and uh, hurt his hurt his leg. So um, he's he, he had a really like he was a really solid looking prospect. And I remember at the spring game in 2018, I was like, man, like uh, Grayson Reed looks really good. Like there's no way he's not going to start. And then um, he just kind of battled injuries and uh, he was never able to reach that, that potential. But um, I, if, if he is still on the team and he is healthy, uh, that's just one more guy that you have for depth. Um, you know, if you want to, if, if he's still healthy enough to, to come back to the team and, and, you know, go through practice, you know, he's, it's good to have that experience and, and it's just, it's just even more depth that you could have there. Yeah. Um, and I think the last guard we'll talk about is, uh, Josh Bankhead. Um, he's a redshirt freshman, uh, second year guy from the Woodlands. Um, he, he was definitely a, a lesser, I guess a lesser rated prospect, but, uh, he's a little bit like, like Layden where, you know, he's, He's a really strong dude, um, and he, he didn't get a ton of uh, recruiting hype. But I'll tell you this: in the in the spring game, like he he was one of the few healthy O linemen that we had, and uh, he looked pretty dang good. Um, he was on the the second team offense, so he had to go against the first teamers on defense, and um, he he had to go against McKinley Jackson, who we'll talk about you know when we get to the D line, but. Uh, McKinley Jackson is a stud defensive tackle and, uh, Josh Bankhead more than held his own, you know, I mean, it, it, he, he got beat a, you know, a, a time or two here and there, but, um, he held up really well all day. And, uh, uh I know we keep harping on it, but there, there, there's a lot of good options here. Um, I think you yeah, have to feel sure. pretty good about, about the guys that we have, you know, in the pipeline and, uh, uh you know, it, it looks, it looks good for the foreseeable future, but, um, we're, we're going to wrap it up here with center and this, this position. And I think particularly this player that we're going to start with, uh, he may be the most pivotal player of the season, like on the, on the team. Cause if he's healthy and he's good, uh, it's going to make a world of difference. And that is, uh, Luke Matthews, the fourth, the fourth brother. I know he's the last one, but, um, yeah, he's, uh, I think he's, 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 he's yeah. But he's, he's the younger brother of, of Jake Matthews, uh, who you all know, and uh, Mike Matthews, who started at center uh, back in the Sumlin days. But um, he hasn't been able to, to stay healthy the past few years. Um, he's another guy that you know was kind of battling out with the entrenched starter last fall, but uh, hurt his shoulder and um, wasn't able to, to come back from that last year. But... Uh, it, it, it appears that he's healthy and he he really needs to be because I think he's like you, you just can't have a, a bad center uh, and I'm, I'm not sure like if the person that would take his place would be bad but um, like I, I feel like this this team really needs him to stay healthy and to step up and and take on a big role well and I, I'm excited to see him mainly because I mean the Matthews clan has always been you know, just, I mean, they're, they're just, um, 
they're all just fantastic. You know, they, oh, yeah. they have just a, they're just a family of just, I mean, they're like the Mannings, you know, but, uh, yeah. but on the offensive line, but yeah. I remember Mike, Mike told me once upon a time, I think we offered him whenever he was in like sixth grade or something stupid. <laughs> like it was, it was, I don't remember how young he would have been back then, but yeah, um, I remember Mike telling me like, he's like, he's going to be the best out of all of us. Um, you know, and so, so of course he's the little brother, but everybody always said that he was going to be the best one, you know, coming up. And, and so, yeah, of course that could have changed. I don't know, but, um, I like to think that it hasn't, you know, so right. maybe the only reason why we haven't seen him be an absolute superstar is because of some of the injuries. And if he yeah. can stay healthy, like I, I would love to see him really excel because, um, I love that family. They're they're really good people, and um, they mean a lot to Texas A and M too. Yeah. No. Um. It, it it'd be great to see. I mean, he's in his fourth year, so he's been in the program uh, for a long time. You know, he, he's he's strong enough. He's a Matthews, so he's he's obviously smart enough. Um, and he's 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 going to have every opportunity to start and uh and, and be the guy at center. But um, it's just something to watch for. You know, when we get into fall camp and you know, and we see, you know, who's out there, you know, is, is Luke Braxton, you know, is, is he healthy? Is the shoulder okay? Um, and just things like that. So, um, fingers crossed there, uh, from, you know, uh, the, uh, very little that we, that we know about the team, <laughs> like from a, yeah, uh, right. like <laughs> from a, from a source standpoint, uh, it sounds like he's healthy, um, you know, as far as we know. So it's, it's something that we'll keep an eye on, you know, when, when fall camp rolls around, but, um, it's a very important uh, piece of the puzzle on the offensive line. Um, for other prospects at center on the roster, um, yeah, it, it kind of surprised me the the guy they put there in the spring, uh, true freshman Matthew Wyckoff. Uh, like I said, true freshman uh, came in in the spring, and yeah, he's six foot six. So I, I, I think I just assumed that he would be a tackle with with that length and that like in that height, but mm-hmm. you know, they, I think they like his, uh, his, his intelligence and, uh, his ability to, you know, make calls, uh, at the center position. And you know, in the spring game, I, I, I was, I was pretty impressed. Um, he wasn't perfect, but for a, a kid, you know, who like, uh, this is a line that everyone uses, but for, if, I think for a kid that should have been at his high school prom, uh, playing against, you know, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of grown men uh, on the AM defensive line. He looked pretty dang good. Uh, he he, yeah. he held his own, and uh, if if needed, you know, it's not ideal that he would be the guy this year. But f- I think from what we saw, uh, it wouldn't be an absolute disaster. You know, it's not like having a a two hundred fifty pound walk on out there. You know, I think we'd have a, a a a decent player. You know. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see him. Um, I and and part of that could be that. Um, I, I could see if for some reason um, Matthews wasn't out there, I could see them putting Aki or, um, you know, uh, Bryce Foster, some of the guys that we already mentioned. I could right. see them rolling them in before they put him there. But yeah, for it sure. could be that they're they're playing the long game. They're getting him started early on it um, right. so that two years from now he's he's the natural pick, you know, for us. Yeah, That's he's like the center of the future. That's what I kind of expect is happening, but – 
But yeah. it, I mean, I, I'll never limit anybody because I, I don't ever know what's going on on the inside. So it could very well be that he's a he's yeah. a phenomenal player, and we just haven't seen it yet. Well, and the, 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 the I guess like the last point I'll make here is um, I think we both expect that that both tackles will be gone after this year. Uh, Jimmy yeah. Johnson because of uh, eligibility reasons, and you know he'll he'll be he'll be done with his college eligibility, and then Kenyon Green, uh, a likely first rounder in next year's draft but everyone else we've talked about is going to be here the following season um all these interior guys like like whoever starts you know at both guards and at center uh is almost certainly going to be back the following year so um yep you know it's it's something to watch for you know if 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 this line uh, performs at a high level uh you know it's it's going to suck to lose somebody of of Kenyon's caliber but um there's a lot of good young players uh, on the line, and uh, it's 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 important. It's extremely important, like we've talked about, and um, I think we're set up well, and not just with the guys that we have, but um, we won't talk about the specifics. But uh, even the guys that they're they're recruiting in the 2022 class. Yeah, I think just the depth that we have now uh, moving forward. I feel like we've built the depth that. Um, that we've needed for a while. And yeah, I think it's now just going to become refill those positions, you know, and, and I, I like to yeah. see that cause I hate, I hate having always constantly watch it go from the same group of guys for three or four years. And then they all leave and it's a brand new slate of guys. You know, I'd like to see more plug and play. But, right. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, I think we're definitely at that point now where we have the talent there and it's just, we got to keep filling it. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the, the 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 very last point I'll make here is uh, I think you touched on it a little bit earlier too. Is um, I know we've said a lot of positive things about this group, and I think we're excited about them. I think they're very good uh, prospects, and we haven't seen them in a game yet. But uh, our hopes are pretty high that this that this group can perform at a high level. Um, but on the flip side of that it is a pretty inexperienced group, uh, at least, you know, out, like outside of the tackles. Um, yeah. And like you, you, like you might see, uh, it take a few games to, you know, really start working together as a unit. Um, that aspect is more important on the offensive line than any other position, you know, is, is, is communicating with the, with the, with the guys next to you and, uh, and executing the, the calls properly. Um, if you look and, back, and I at, wouldn't be surprised if we have different guys play throughout the year, or or if yeah, the unit at the possible. end of the year is a different unit than what we start with. Um, yeah, just because of all those factors. Yeah, but like if if you look back at 2019, um, like from the from the first game against Texas State, uh, like like Texas State got a lot of pressure on our quarterback that night, and it wasn't because they were like physically whooping our O line. They were just like there's just guys running free because like our our like it was a new offensive line coach and we weren't communicating well with 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 each other mm-hmm. pretty much and um, that kind of persisted throughout the year but it's it's something that did a complete 180 last year and uh, like it was you know an A plus from a communication standpoint like they they picked up yeah. blitzes they picked up stunts uh, there wasn't people just running free. You know, and, and hitting Kellen in the face. So, um, if 
if this group can at least communicate well, uh, they've got the physical tools and the ability uh, to be a really high end SEC unit um, and keep uh, and keep the starting quarterback, you know, from uh, from getting hit uh, like Pat Mahomes did in the Super Bowl and open up some holes for our uh, our great running backs. And um, I don't know, man, uh, I, I love a line. Uh, I love this episode. Uh, I'm excited to see how they do. Uh, I, I may even uh, dabble in some uh, some video breakdowns, you know, if if that is. Uh, there you go. I would love to see you do something some video that we're breakdowns. In. <laughs> you, 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 you'd love to see it, but. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, How about that? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Sorry, I just meant to hit it once, but, you know. Old Army does it uh, twice. How about that? <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, well, that was fun, man. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, it, 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 I, th- I think like after two weeks of not recording, it, it felt, it felt weird at first, but, uh, it did just feel like weird always, at first. It felt like it's been a, like a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let, let's not do that again. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, definitely not. Yeah. But, uh, we appreciate you listening. Um, as always go subscribe on Apple podcast, Spotify, or Google. Um, follow our pages at an at ineligible pod at gmail.com. Um, we had a great response to our, uh, our Q and a episode. So, uh, keep hitting us up with some more questions. Uh, you can email us at, uh, ineligible pod at gmail.com. Um, we'll talk to you next week. We're talking, uh, sec West finally <laughs> and sec. East. So, um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting, you're getting all the content next week. So, uh, we, we apologize for our, our brief hiatus, but uh, we're, we're 58 days away from football and 28 days from fall camp, so uh, it's time to start getting excited. So uh, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.